All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we are breaking down the two newest additions to the Atlanta Falcons roster in Jason Spriggs and Emmanuel Ellibri, as well as breaking down my prediction for what the Falcons final 53 man roster will look like when we get to week one this year. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. I've been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com, RIP. Still going strong, however, on Twitter, at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this preeminent sumptuous locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the locked on podcast network, your team every day. And today's episode of locked on Falcons is brought to you by RockAuto.com, where you can find amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them locked on sent you. So today's episode of Locked on Falcons uh, will be breaking down my prediction for the final 53 man roster. If you've been listening to the last several weeks of the podcast, you've heard me go position by position entering training camp. And I've sort of touched upon my expectations on how many guys might make the roster at various position groups. But you'll sort of get that all encompassed into one episode. And, you know, one of the reasons why I was holding off from doing this is because it did seem like the Falcons roster was incomplete, given some question marks. And we got uh, a couple of additions on the eve of players reporting to training camp on Monday with the team signing two players in linebacker, Emmanuel Ellerby and offensive tackle, Jason Spriggs uh, to make room for those guys. They cut another player in Tony Brooks, James, and we'll talk about Brooks James for a second, uh, AKA TBJ. And we mentioned on last Thursday's episode where I was previewing the Falcons running back position entering camp is that, you know, you don't necessarily have a lot of success or a high success rate for sub 190 pound running backs in the NFL in relation to both TBJ and JV and Hawkins. And apparently the Falcons figured they had one too many of those guys in part of ways with Tony Brooks, James, which shouldn't be a surprise. Everybody has assumed that Hawkins would get preferential treatment in camp this summer, not only because the Falcons passed on drafting a running back this past offseason, which many, including myself, assumed uh, was a foregone conclusion in this past draft. Uh, and so essentially Hawkins is one of the new regime's guys and is essentially the de facto running back to the team should or could or would have drafted uh, as opposed to Tony Brooks James, who was one of the former regime's guys. But, you know, I don't think there's a ton that really separates the two. Hawkins is probably a step or so faster in terms of his explosiveness. But people forget that Tony Brooks James played really well for the Falcons in the preseason back in 2019 when he was with the team. That summer, he had 180 yards rushing on 25 carries, so an average of over seven yards per carry and two touchdowns. He actually tied for the highest grade among preseason running backs, according to Pro Football Focus that summer, thanks to a a couple of those long runs that he was able to break and basically the expectation to hope I think a lot of people have for a player like JV and Hawkins this summer is that he'll have a similar summer and I think if he does then you know that will be awesome and certainly enhance his chances of making the Falcons roster so we knew um, before the release of Tony Brooks James that the Falcons already needed to fill one roster spot thanks to the release of Barkevius Mingo earlier this month Brooks James's cut uh, freed up another one and of course the Falcons filled those two spots 
spots uh, instead of signing the edge rusher that a lot of people, I'm sure, including myself, were hoping the team would do. They went out and signed an offensive tackle in an inside linebacker and Jason Spriggs and Emmanuel Ellerby, respectively. Uh, if the name Emmanuel Ellerby is familiar to you, it's because he's been a Falcon before, having spent time as a Falcons undrafted free agent out of Rice back in 2018. He did not make the team that summer, nor did he really particularly stand out that summer. As I recall, I went back and listened to several episodes from the summer of 2018 at the beginning of the summer, uh, as well as the end of the summer to re sort of familiarize myself with what I thought of Ellerby back then. And basically my assessment of him going into the summer was that he was an athletic linebacker with good speed, which we know was sort of the MO um, to preference of the former regime at that position. And then when I listened to lockdown Falcons episodes later that summer in which I was discussing who I thought would make the roster and end the practice squad, you know, essentially talking about the linebacker group, that was the summer where guys like Jonathan Celestine and Dewey Jarvis really sort of stood out to me. And those were the guys that I kept pointing out as potential options for the Falcons to keep on their 53 man roster, as well as potentially on the practice squad. I think Jarvis did wind up making the team um, if at least for the first week of the season uh, as that sort of 53rd guy. And one of the things I mentioned in some of those episodes uh, was that Ellerby didn't really stand out in a major way. Uh, he did play middle linebacker for the Falcons, and I imagine he'll be asked to play a similar role for the Falcons this summer as an inside linebacker uh, in their sort of hybrid 3-4-4-3 defense under new defensive coordinator Dean Pease. I think this adds depth at the inside linebacker position where the Falcons' current backups there in terms of Michael Walker and Brandon Copeland also have that uh, versatility to play some edge uh, as well as Sam linebacker due to the vacated roster spot of Barkevius Mingo. As I mentioned on earlier episodes this summer, when talking about these various positions, I had Barkevius Mingo penciled in as the front runner to start for the Falcons at the Sam outside linebacker spot, that strong side linebacker spot. Uh, and his top backup based off of those camp previews was Jacob Tuoti Mariner. And we talked about how Walker and Copeland have that flexibility to play that same linebacker spot since, you know, beyond JTM, uh, George Obina presumably is the next man up at that position. And I think Ellerby signing strongly suggests that either Copeland or Walker, I'm betting on Walker at this point, are moving to that outside linebacker spot. And then Ellerby is essentially going to be expected to replace them as an inside linebacker. And I mentioned on yesterday's episode, inside linebacker is one of those positions where the Falcons undrafted free agents like Errol Thompson and Dorian Etheridge, I think already stand a decent chance of making the Falcons 53 man roster this summer. And I think that also would apply to Ellerby now that he's been adding now for Jason Spriggs. It seems like this is basically your Matt Gano replacement. Um, it's still kind of frustrating that we haven't gotten an official update on the extent of Matt Gano's injury after reports emerged in June that he had some sort of procedure offseason surgery in, on some type of injury. This to me is signaling that you are probably when most of you are listening to this on Tuesday, uh, we'll probably get an update on Matt Gano. I'm expecting him to go on one of the reserve lists like the active uh, pup list or the physically unable to perform or the non-football injury list. Although my best guess is it'll probably be the former in, the, in terms of the pup list uh, starting on Tuesday. And I've sort of been assuming all along that Gano due to this injury is going to miss part of the preseason, if not most of the preseason or all of the preseason based off of the initial reports that emerged in June uh, that he 
could wind up missing the entire season since we've had some reports throw cold water on that. But in terms of the extent of his injury and what exactly his injury is, I haven't seen any reports uh, updating since those reports in early to mid June suggesting that. And, you know, we've talked quite a bit about concerns along the Falcons offensive line, uh, whether we're talking about the starters along the interior, but Gano's injury really exposes a major weakness for the Falcons in terms of their tackle depth. And that's why they signed a player like William Sweet after the draft. And now they're adding Jason Spriggs. Spriggs has spent the bulk of his time playing offensive tackle, though he does have a little bit of experience playing inside at guard. If that name Jason Spriggs is familiar, it's because the Falcons showed some interest in him leading into that 2016 draft. He ultimately was a second round pick of the Green Bay Packers. The Falcons wound up trading back uh, right after Spriggs went off the board uh, at pick 48. The Falcons moved back two spots and picked up, uh, you know, they were picking 50 and they picked up Deion Jones there. So, you know, if you want to, you know, get your conspiracy corporate theory going. Maybe the Falcons were really interested in drafting Jason Spriggs with that 50th overall pick, but then decided to quote unquote settle for Deion Jones at 52 uh, when Spriggs was off the board, but who knows? Um, A lot of people, uh, you could make the argument that the Falcons kind of dodged a bullet by not drafting Spriggs because he kind of wound up being a disappointment for the Packers, even though he's a very athletic blocker uh, and really tested extremely well at the combine. There were major concerns about his strength and power and physicality at the position, and those issues have largely been exposed in Green Bay over the last several years. He got numerous opportunities to start as an injury replacement, uh, predominantly at right tackle for the Packers, thanks to injuries to Brian Balaga from 2016 through 2018. Um, but, you know, Spriggs never quite lived up to that billing as a top 50 pick. He did show improvement when you look at his grades and, and whatnot and metrics, uh, you know, uh, across his his first three NFL seasons. Uh, he also dealt with his fair share of injuries himself, uh, missing a big chunk of the 2017 season with a knee injury, then missing all of the 2019 season with a back injury. Last year, he played with the Chicago Bears after the Packers moved on from him. I would expect Spriggs to be the front runner, to be the replacement for Matt Gano should his injury prevent him from being on the Falcons 53-man roster to start the season. Spriggs gives you that experience uh, better than any alternative the Falcons currently have and, and probably will wind up acquiring between now and the end of summer. I think, you know, really at this point in time, you're really looking at Jason Spriggs as a Ty Sam type of player, a similarly high round draft pick that never really worked out in his original stop and might be better in his second stop, as we saw with Sam Braylo here in Atlanta, but is generally a fairly replaceable backup swing tackle. Good enough to get the job done. Uh, you can do worse than a Jason Spriggs or a Ty Sam Braylo, but you can certainly do better uh, in either case. And obviously, I think a healthy Matt Gano is certainly better than Jason Spriggs in in terms of what he has shown to date. Now, I'm sure some are wondering, maybe does Spriggs figure into the mix at guard? He did play some right guard as a rookie in Green Bay back in 2016, although he's never taken a snap at left guard in an NFL game, whether we're talking about the regular season or preseason. Um, But one would assume that there is some potential to play there, and many people, including myself, thought that Spriggs probably projected better as a guard entering the NFL than a tackle. Um, My main concern with Spriggs in that 
projection to guard was the lack of power. And maybe he was a little too tall uh, for that position. He nearly stands six, six. And typically you don't necessarily want super tall guards, especially guys that struggle with gaining leverage due to limited strength uh, playing on the inside. That's not usually a great recipe for success. So even though maybe Spriggs will get some snaps at the guard position, I don't think he's a viable option um, in terms of based off of his overall body of work, or at least he hasn't shown anything based off his overall body of work to think that he's anything more than an emergency option for the Falcons at that left guard position. So no, I do not expect him to be prominent in any competition uh, for the starting spot there where we're assuming players like Josh Andrews and and Jalen Mayfield uh, will be the primary competitors for that starting left guard spot vacated by James Carpenter this offseason. So um, there you guys have it with the Falcons new additions and we'll see sort of which of those new additions, whether it was talking about Spriggs or Ellerby wind up making the Falcons 53 man roster, at least according to my predictions. We'll talk about that coming up on today's lockdown Falcons and starting with the 25 or so players that I think will make the roster on the Falcons offensive side of the ball coming up. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you guys know about the live NBA draft show later this week where NBA draft goat, Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the 2021 NBA Draft. It's the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Get the local expert analysis on every single pick. Follow the Locked On NBA show on YouTube today and watch our live coverage this Thursday on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline gives you the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. And there's no time like now to get started at BetOnline. Of course, we just wrapped up the NBA and NHL playoffs. Of course, football season is kicking off. You got the Summer Olympics ongoing. And of course, baseball season is in full swing. And you can track all that action at BetOnline. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, including whether or not Calvin Ridley will lead the NFL in receiving yards this year or whether Kyle Pitts will be the offensive rookie of the year. You can find all that action by heading over to the website or using your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That means if you deposit 500 bucks, you get $250 in free money to play with, with that promo code locked on bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So what's going to make this roster projection probably a little bit off and, and may not be my final final because I want to see what Gano status is heading into training camp as well as potentially the regular season. And again, as I'm recording this, I haven't got uh, an official update from the team on that. And it does also seem like the NFL is poised to keep the 16 man practice squad uh, in, in terms of their ongoing concerns with COVID-19 entering this season. And that number was expected to be 12, uh, but it seems like the four extra spots that they gave teams last year will also continue in 2021. So you will hear my 53 man roster projection as well as the 16 players that I think are the best bets uh, in order to make the Falcons 16 man practice squad. So starting out with the quarterback position, I have two making the roster, Matt Ryan and AJ McCarron. I have Felipe Franks making the practice squad. I'm not sure requires a ton of explanation here. These are the roles that I think all of these people 
everybody seems to be penciling all three of these quarterbacks uh, having going into training camp and barring someone really over or underperforming this summer. I don't think there's any reason to not go chalk here. Moving on to the running back position, I have five guys making the roster, including fullback Keith Smith. The four running backs I have making the roster are Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, who were count, who were of course counting as a running back since the expectation is the majority of his snaps this year will come out of the backfield. Uh, you also have Quadri Olison and Javian Hawkins. I will add Caleb Huntley to the practice squad thanks to the 16-man expansion. And again, I feel like this is what most people perceive to be the likeliest outcome and more chalk in my projections. My only concerns really at this position group, my only thoughts is that it seems like Keith Smith, uh, based off of some seemingly pro Cole Beasley tweets from June, might be an anti-vax guy, uh, which probably won't affect his roster status. Although, you know, I think teams will hold that against certain players, uh, this summer. Um, but you know, it does, you know, if Keith Smith's on the border of the good fullbacks that the Falcons have had versus the underwhelming guys, not necessarily bad ones. Um, you know, I think this firmly moves, you know, Keith Smith, if he's an anti-vaxxer, uh, into the underwhelming group with players like Mike Cox and Brady, Ewan, and Derek Holman and Ricky Ortiz, as opposed to joining the good group where you have guys like Ovi Mahaley and, and Patrick DeMarco and Bob Christian, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, I felt like Keith Smith was on the verge of something. So ho- hopefully he's vaxxed up if you ask me. And yes, I, yes, that does, uh, that is a factor in my evaluation of players uh, moving forward. Moving on to the wide receiver position. Uh, I have five guys making the roster, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, uh, Frank Darby, Alameda Zacchaeus, and Tajay Sharp. You know, I think having Patterson on the roster also gives the Falcons the flexibility. They're essentially also carrying six wide receivers. So there's no real reason to carry six actual wide receivers on the roster. I do have three practice squad players uh, making the cut in Jeff Bedette, Christian Blake, and Chris Rowland. Moving on to the tight end position, I have four guys making the team here again. Chalk with Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst, Lee Smith, and Jaden Graham. I do have Parker Hesse, and thanks to a loyal listener for uh, upgrading my pronunciation game there on, on Parker Hesse, making the practice squad as the fifth tight end. Moving on to the offensive line, I have nine blockers making the roster with the starters going from left to right based off of the guys currently in camp. Jake Matthews at left tackle, Jalen Mayfield at left guard, Drew Dolman at center, Chris Lindstrom at right guard, and Caleb McGarry at right tackle. I have the four backups being Josh Andrews, Matt Hennessy, William Sweet, and Jason Spriggs. I would have Matt Gano making the roster over a player like Sweet, but again, I'm assuming at this point in time that he's going to go on some sort of reserve list to start the season. Um, Again, based off of what limited information I have as of this recording, and essentially he's not going to count towards the 53 man roster. And at a later date, again, assuming he goes on the pup list that, you know, I don't know the exact rules nowadays due to the short term IR, but essentially, you know, if he misses the first six to eight weeks or whatever the number is nowadays, uh, then you will have a ready-made sort of replacement already on the roster where you can just sort of activate Matt Gano to the roster and then cut someone like a William Sweet uh, should he wind up sticking. So talking about the practice squad, in addition to the nine guys I have making the roster, I have two guys on the practice squad, and those are interior guys and undrafted free agents and Ryan Newsel and Joe Skultharp, just giving the Falcons some more developmental bodies on that interior. And obviously probably my most controversial stand is not who I had making the team, but probably the fact that I'm projecting Mayfield and Dolman to wind up earning starting spots. You know, I don't feel like projecting Jalen Mayfield to beat out Josh Andrews is a 
particularly bold take at this point in time, but probably having Dolman beating out Hennessy is, and you know, there isn't a particularly compelling reason why I have Dolman winning the job. It, it, it's probably owed in part due to, you know, my perception that his mean streak is probably a little bit better than Hennessy's and more in line with what I think this coaching staff wants uh, along their offensive line. And in addition, we've talked so much about the 2015 roster shakeup along the offensive line and just to sort of have something similarly bold. Let's go with Drew Dolman uh, sort of, you know, leapfrogging uh, Matt Hennessy, the expected starter at center, similar to what we saw with Mike Person leapfrogging Joe Hawley back in that 2015 summer. Um, you know, and I think we've talked quite a bit in relation to that 2015 uh, summer at length uh, this summer about whether or not we'll see the Falcons add uh, players off the waiver wire at the end of August and beginning of September, like we saw in that 2015 uh, preseason and before the regular season. And I think that still remains a, a very viable option for the Falcons. But part of me thinks just because I've spent so much time talking about it, it won't actually happen because you guys know me, you know, part of the pessimism of being me uh, is that whenever you say a thing, then you know the Falcons will zig when you expect them to zag as they have consistently done uh, throughout my time, uh, much to my chagrin. Um, and so that means that, you know, they'll be extra confident with the youth that they have currently and the unprovenness of these young players. And so therefore be willing to quote unquote, roll the dice with these young guys heading into the season. So, um, you know, I think when we look at this offensive projection so far, you know, it probably not too many surprise cuts here on the offensive side of the ball, you know, probably based off of my assessment, the biggest surprise is Chris Rowland or Christian Blake, not making the cut. Um, you know, again, I'm predicting Matt Gano to uh, make, start the season on the reserve list and not count towards the t- final 53. So technically he's not a, a cut in this regard. Um, I'm thinking the PUP uh, or short-term IR. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so to recap, I've, you know, filled half of the roster, roughly half of the 16 practice squad spots with offensive players and 25 of the 53 roster spots. Uh, and we'll get through the remaining 28 roster spots and the eight practice squatters by looking at the defense and special teams as we wrap up today's Lockdown Falcons episode. But before we get there, it is a big week on the NFL side of Lockdown Podcast Network. So you can get all the latest stories and updates on all 32 teams and not just the Falcons. You can check out the various national shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Peacock and Williamson, the Lockdown NFL Podcast, and of course, the Lockdown NFL Draft and Draft Dudes Podcast, which not only cover next year's draft class, but also all the biggest stories around the NFL for all 32 NFL teams. And of course, Locked On Today, in addition to having you cover for every major sports story every day in under 20 minutes, the host of Locked On Today, Locked On Packers host, Peter Bukowski, I'm sure will have you covered on all the latest goings on with the big storyline surrounding Aaron Rodgers, in addition to these other national shows. And of course, you can check them all out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, and with ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer when you already have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket with your phone? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You'll spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you order from a chain store or 
car dealership. Meanwhile, rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website yourself today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So on defense, you know, starting up front with the interior defensive line, I have seven guys making with Grady Jarrett, Tyler Davidson, John Kaminsky being the three starters, at least in terms of their three man fronts and three of the four starters in their four man fronts. Uh, We'll talk about the fourth starter in the edge group. Um, But, you know, along the interior defensive line, in addition to those three guys, you have Marlon Davidson, Taquan Graham, Jonathan Bullard and Olive Sungapalu. And on the practice squad, I have John Atkins and probably the most contentious prediction here is I have Bullard uh, sticking. And to be honest, he's probably kind of designated for me as the last guy making it and could easily be replaced by an edge rusher that the Falcons add later this summer. I have Sungapalu sticking over Atkins just because I think he has a little bit more youth juice and, and, and upside. Uh, but I'm kind of hedging that bet by putting Atkins on the practice squad. So you, you could easily flip those guys. And so obviously probably the biggest surprise is not having Deidre Sinat making the team, but that's been something. If you've been a regular listener of this podcast since April, I've been talking about as a possibility, if not probability. So that shouldn't be a surprise to regular listeners, but we can explore that a little bit later on the episode. Moving on to the edge rushers, you know, I'm not quite ready to technically classify Walker or Copeland as an edge rusher. So I'll still count them among the inside linebacker group, but I have four guys making the team here. Dante Fowler, Steven Means, Ade Ogandeji, and Jacob Tuodu Mariner with uh, Fowler being that fourth edge rusher starter when the Falcons use their four man fronts uh, as a defensive end. And then Fowler and Jacob Tuodu Mariner being your probably two starters at the outside linebacker spot when the Falcons use their three man fronts. Um, I also have Sharif Miller and George Obina making the practice squad. And obviously, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, someone like a Walker or Copeland could wind up leapfrogging someone like JTM as a starter, if someone is going to do that, my best guess at this point in time, again, is Michael Walker, because it feels like he has a little bit more upside to be played at more of that coverage role uh, that we talked about, you know, that Sam linebacker embodying in our edge uh, camp preview episode back earlier this month. And we've seen Pease's scheme in the past typically prefer using that Sam linebacker more as a quote unquote, traditional linebacker that can play, you know, the run in playing coverage rather than necessarily being a designated pass rusher. But again, as I discussed, this is easily the main position group on the defensive side of the ball to keep your eye on later this summer as the Falcons could potentially add a veteran pass rusher that would give them a better option on passing downs to sort of tag team with a guy like Dante Fowler off the edge, right now, Steven means would probably be your top option in that regard that would sub out for a Jacob Tuoti Mariner on those passing downs as a designated pass rusher. And it, you know, you know, everybody who listens to the podcast knows I'm a fan of Steven Meads, but there's room for improvement there with the Falcons as far as that could go. And so you could see the Falcons adding such a player. You know, again, Justin Houston is the popular name at this point in time, uh, given his local ties to Atlanta and the University of Georgia and his, you know, availability currently uh, as an option there. And of course, he could come in at the expense of someone like a Stephen Meads, but as I mentioned earlier, also at the expense of, say, a Jonathan Ballard uh, and one less defensive lineman that the Falcons keep. Now, moving on to the inside linebacker spot, I have, you know, the four guys that are kind of the chalk guys making it 
in Deion Jones, Foye Olakun, Michael Walker, and, and Brandon Copeland. But now I have a fifth guy making it, uh, which I'll give to Emmanuel Ellerby, the edge over the undrafted free agents. And of course, you know, that's mainly based off of the fact that the Falcons seemingly liked Ellerby enough at that hub football camp that they evaluated him at earlier in July to sign him. And that just seems, at least in my eyes, to give him a little bit of a leg up against undrafted free agents like Thompson and Etheridge. But for the time being, I'll put Thompson as the sort of sixth linebacker, inside linebacker on the practice squad. Uh, moving on to the cornerback position, I have five cornerbacks sticking on the roster. A.J. Terrell, Fabian Moreau, Darren Hall, Kendall Sheffield, and Avery Williams. No Isaiah Oliver. Again, similar to Sanai, a player that I feel like is on the roster bubble. Uh, on the practice squad, I have two corners in Chris Williamson and Tyler Hall. If you listen to last Friday's episode talking about the cornerback preview episode of training camp. You know, I talked about Williamson potentially serving in a similar role as what you envision Isaiah Oliver doing. And, you know, I put Tyler Hall on the practice squad simply because, you know, I just think the Falcons may need to carry an extra gunner in the event of injuries. And and Tyler Hall uh, at least seems to have somewhat of a skill set and some experience playing that role for them moving forward. But that is essentially a placeholder spot. And you could easily find someone off the street and scoop up someone off the waiver wire later this summer that could wind up, you know, filling that role there. Um, You know, talking about the safety group, I have four safety sticking Richie Grant, Deron Harmon, Eric Harris, and Jalen Hawkins. I do expect Grant and Harmon to start on the practice squad. I have two more safeties in TJ Green and J.R. Pace. Moving on to special teams, I have three guys, obviously the guys that you expect to stick. Young Wei Koo at kicker, Sterling Hoffert there at punter, and Josh Harris at long stopper. We saw the expanded practice squad leading to a higher propensity of more NFL teams carrying an extra, essentially a fourth uh, specialist on the practice squad last year. And we saw the Falcons do that pretty consistently throughout 2020 with punters like Cam Nizalek and kicker Elliot Fry filling that spot. I'm not predicting that to be the case this summer, although it means, uh, you know, it remains a possibility with the, the Hunter Don Maggio, the Falcons are bringing to camp. But my guess is that if the Falcons do that again this uh, season, you'll likely get a guy that has some experience as a kickoff guy, which I do not believe Maggio has from his college days at Wake Forest. Um, so there's, you know, 69 nice uh, players that I have the Falcons uh, predicted to keep this year, 53 on the roster, 16 on the practice squad. And the practice squad players are always a shot in the dark. Right. You know, if I get five of those 16 spots predictions right, you know, I'll be very happy and I'll consider myself to be the smartest man in the world. We often, you know, we often also see, you know, significant turnover and waiver wire pickets at the end of summer. And, and that's probably not going to be any different with a new coaching staff coming in. It typically tends to be a, a higher rate of exchange. You know, I'm expecting the Falcons to potentially make some trades. They've done that each of the last two summers where they've had a, a new head coach whether it was Mike Smith and getting Dominique Foxworth as sort of their major trade in, in 2015, getting Andy Levitri going back to what we talked about earlier with that offensive line turnover. And it wouldn't shock me at all for to see the Falcons uh, doing something similar, whether that's a player for player trade or giving up draft capital uh, in order to sort of fill a spot, you know, my guess is the Falcons would much rather prefer a player for player trade in that regard. And in players like Deidre Sonat and Isaiah Oliver, uh, you know, are potential candidates in that regard. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, and, you know, if we're talking about the players that I predicted to make the team, but are probably the least safe and would be the guys that most in danger of being moved or cut 
to be replaced by one of those waiver wire pickups or trade acquisitions at the end of summer. You know, I would probably throw JV and Hawkins, Tajay Sharp, William Sweet, Jason Spriggs, Jonathan Ballard, Alive, Sungapalu, Stephen Means, and Emmanuel Ellerby as the eight players that I think are probably the most vulnerable uh, of the 53 guys I made the roster. And probably not coincidentally that you'll probably see at least a majority of those players I just named as the five inactive players that the Falcons will likely have each and every week. Um, so to recap, you know, probably the biggest surprise cuts I have projecting going into training camp are Isaiah Oliver and Deidre Sinat. But again, if you've listened to this podcast, basically since the spring, you've heard me talk ad nauseum about the reasons why I think they're on thin ice. And if, you know, I'm not going to go in depth on that on to wrap up today's episode, but short of the short version, if you, a person has only recently discovered the podcast since, you know, April, May and, and whatnot, you know, I think the team essentially drafted their replacements this year with Darren Hall, replacing Oliver and Taquan Graham, replacing Sonat. And I think the main thing with Oliver, his lack of special teams experience and the fact that he may be limited to just being an inside corner, as opposed to a guy that can play inside and outside compared to someone like a Kendall Sheffield means that if Oliver does not wind up winning the starting nickel cornerbacks by, which he certainly has as good a chance as anybody to do, you know, there isn't a ton of justification for the Falcons to keep him on the roster since, you know, he'd probably be an, be inactive most weeks and, you know, you could free up $2 million by cutting him, which is cap space that the Falcons certainly could utilize. And speaking of the salary cap, you know, these projections based off of my calculations would leave the Falcons with about $7.8 million of cap space entering the season. Um, and you know, that's, we don't know quite what Spriggs and Ellerby are going to be making, but that's based off of, you know, sort of some projections from minimum contracts for those two guys. And of course that would be enough space for the Falcons to, you know, potentially pursue some veterans at the end of summer off the waiver wire or via trades. But again, not probably enough where you would expect the Falcons to make any sort of huge splashes similar to what we saw with them acquiring a player, a veteran like Andy Levitri uh, in, in 2015 or Dominique Foxworth in 2018 or 2008. I'm sorry, but certainly enough to be viable uh, to, to go after a veteran or two, particularly guys maybe on rookie contracts that are a little cheaper than sort of these, you know, second contract type of guys like a Levitri was uh, back in the day. Um, but, you know, all these projections are really my best bets uh, for what the Falcons roster is going to be. And I don't expect to be as accurate this year as I have been in the past where I've seemingly had 90 to 95% accuracy projecting the 53 guys heading into training camp. Thanks in part to do to the change in coaching staff and the change in front office where those guys are going to have different and newer quirks that I'm going to have to figure out and haven't quite figured out. Um, and while I may be down when it comes to betting on this Falcons roster, you know, there are folks out there that can help you stay up when you're betting on everything else. And that is of course the locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling of Paramount sports, get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks and Lee's lock of the day by following the locked on bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. So guys, there you have it. My 53 man roster projection. 
And uh, we'll have an opportunity to do a Q&A tomorrow unless there's some major breaking news. We'll probably hopefully get an update on sort of Matt Gano's status as well as maybe some of the other injured players entering training camp. You know, maybe get an update on Calvin Ridley's foot injury and whether or not he's going to miss any time, uh, you know, this week or next week or whatever the case may be. But, you know, we're right on that doorstep and, and football will be able to talk about football again very shortly rather than wild speculation as we have done for the last several months. But uh, appreciate it, guys. Uh, if you want to send in your questions for a uh, potential Q&A on tomorrow's episode, of course, hit me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons, on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. Appreciate it, guys. Till then.